Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 16. Episode 23. This is Writing Excuses. Rules and mechanics. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. <laughs>
<laughs> and we're listening to obviously a not like much of a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep that. <laughs> Uh, oh, hi. I'm Mary Robinette. <laughs> I'm Cassandra. I'm Dan. I'm James. I'm Howard. And this is the episode we're recording after lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Rules and mechanics. Rule number one. People get drowsy after lunch. <laughs> yeah. All right. So rules and mechanics. This is more important with tabletop games where both the players and the game masters are interacting directly with the rules. With computer games, you can have a little bit behind the scenes, but a lot of the same principles still apply. So one of the things I think about when thinking about mechanics um, is that you want to stick to a few core mechanics or principles. Um, You know, for instance, in Dungeons and Dragons, you're kind of always rolling a d20, uh, you know, a 20-sided die and higher is better, you know? And that's a very simple mechanic that of course gets used in a bunch of different ways, but that basic idea is the same. And the reason you want to keep it that way is because it helps people to learn and it allows people to transfer their skill between different uh, characters. So if you know how to play a barbarian and you know how, then you probably, even if you don't know all about the spells the wizard has, you at least know the basic idea. Um, and so I think of this kind of like an arcade fighter game or something. You know, all the characters are going to have different special abilities, but if A is punch for one of them, uh, it's going to be punch for all of them. And so that'll allow you to uh, easily transfer your ability. But uh, Cass, what do you think about first when thinking about uh, mechanics for a game? Um, weirdly enough, it's very similar. Although a bulk of the work is often done by the designers in larger studios, maintaining the idea that there is a sense of symmetry is important. Um, one of the things I learned writing branching narratives for video games is, for example, the importance universally of always repeating keywords in every single line of dialogue. And I remember having this incredibly long, frustrated fight with my manager about it, going, I cannot keep repeating the same word in every single line of dialogue. And he's like, you have to understand this is how games work, because when you play a game, your brain is actually divided between so many other things. You're looking at the environment, you're thinking about your quests, uh, you're thinking about how your characters are moving, where you want to go, and it's easy to get distracted. And I did not believe him until this one quest line I was developing. And I'd worked with a designer for six months on that very specific quest. And one day I was like, all right, would you help me play test this quest chain? And again, remember, this is the man who has worked with me from scratch on this for six months extensively. He plays through the whole thing. Now, the quest has a single robot. And I've repeated the name of this robot about seven times. And I missed it on one last line of dialogue. And my designer, when he was done, he turns around and he looks at me and goes like, oh, do we mention a robot anywhere? And I'm like, oh, my God. He was right. This is absolutely necessary. I remember swearing so loudly, people two rows down in the office turned around and went, what's going on? <laughs> I think you know, it's kind of dovetails neatly into the necessity for standardizing language and copy existing styles that I think is very, very, very um, obvious in tabletop RPGs. 
Yeah, and I know this is something, uh, Dan, you've complained about this uh, to me before <laughs> when you were learning how to write for uh, stuff like Pathfinder and Starfinder. Um, you know, the, there's all this standardized language and you're copying all these styles. And when you start writing for tabletop role-playing games, they'll often give you a giant style guide that you have to learn. Um, and it feels really counterintuitive to a prose writer because we're always told to mix up your word choice, don't be repetitive. Um, but the reason why repetition is so important in tabletop games is that uh, it makes it easier for everybody to understand exactly what's being talked about. And, you know, you've got players interpreting the rules from different, uh, you know, on their own. And so by hammering out the language once, you can avoid problems. And people know that, you know, if you say creature most of the time and then suddenly you say monster for one rule, um, like people are going to think that that means something different. Uh, when it doesn't actually. But Mary Robinette, you wanted to speak to that. Yeah, so this is actually a, a mechanic, uh, a real-world mechanic about the way our own brains are designed. Um, that that we are designed uh, to to look for threats, right, out in the wild. And anything that is repetitive is not a natural thing, so we pay attention to it. And so anything that breaks the pattern um, that that is again a point at which we pay attention to it. So a certain type of repetitive things, it's like as soon as you identify it, you just tune it out and it becomes unimportant. But the things that break that, those are the things that suddenly pop into focus. And so that's one of the reasons, not just in in uh, when you're you're thinking about that in for game writing, but also in narrative, when you you want to make conscious choices about that repetition and where you where you deliberately break that repetition. It's worth pointing out here that uh, there are terms that are super critical within whatever set of game mechanics you're writing to. Uh, for instance, the word resistance is so often a game mechanic that is tied to whether you have resistance to magic, resistance to fire, resistance to all out, whatever. Um, naming a political organization the resistance in that game setting is absolutely contraindicated. Don't do it because now you've overburdened that domain and it's guaranteed that you will be confusing some of the players. Um, I do want to go back to, to one thing really quick because as James said, I have whined to him extensively about uh, <laughs> having to write inside of certain style guides for games. Uh, and I just think that that's a, a good thing to point out if you are primarily a prose writer, a fiction writer, and you want to get into game writing, be prepared for a very different editorial process. Uh, I'm accustomed to, with novels, just sending something that is incredibly bare bones and then knowing that the typesetter and the editor are going to make it look the way it's supposed to look. Uh, we usually don't have to deal with formatting at all. Depending on the game company you are submitting to, you do have to deal with formatting, and it becomes very important. So, yeah, that, that's just something to keep in mind. Well, and some of the style guides that uh, Dan has raged against are things that I actually wrote or worked on at, when I was the executive <laughs> editor at uh, at Paizo. Oh, you're that, James. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's it's important because you got to remember that the rules are a puzzle that a certain type of player is going to be constantly, and actually I think Cass is this type of player, um, is going to be constantly looking at to see like, how can I find the loopholes or the interesting ways to like hook these rules together? And if you have any 
un- or as any ambiguous language, players will absolutely figure out how to exploit that. And there's this in- idea among uh, a certain type of players that if a game can be broken, it's like your moral imperative to break the game. So like by finding those loopholes. And so you'll have players who figure out how to use your rules to break the game in such a way that they no longer have fun. And then they will yell at you because it is your fault. Um, yeah. And it, and um, it Brent- is your fault for allowing them to <laughs> poke themselves in the eye. So you got to kind of come to it with that idea. Uh, Brandon is not on these episodes with us, but he's absolutely that kind of player as well. Pure power gamer, rules lawyer, break the game. That's I'm shocked. Joke. Anyway, uh, let's let's take a break real quick. <laughs> Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <laughs> uh, for our Game of the Week from Cass. Um, the game of the week is Disco Elysium, where it kind of opens with you as an amnesiac trying to put everything together. And it's a really weird, dark world. But, but the reason that I want to draw attention to it is it has this really cool mechanic called the thought cabinet. And the thought cabinet is basically like you can put points in different thoughts like feminism, uh, your sense of drama, and that changes how your conversations go. And that onto itself is really interesting, something I've never seen before. But depending on how you built your thought cabinet, it can also mean that when the various parts of your brain argue with each other, and we've all had that, like different sides of us going, maybe this idea is better and that idea is better. If one side of your brain is weighted very heavily in, let's say, drama, you will absolutely take the dramatic route whether you like it or not. And it should feel 
punishing, but it always ends up with you kind of going, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I am a drama queen. (gasps) I love that. And so now, actually, Brains is a perfect segue because, uh, Cass, we were talking in preparation for this about sort of the different types of gamers. Um, And I'm curious your thoughts on that. Um, I think there are a whole variety of them, but one thing that was really interesting, a piece of knowledge that was passed on to me by the manager who was talking to me about the robot thing, in fact, is with video games, there are very often three types of players. And the first type of player is the kind of person who just wants to speed run it for Twitch, who wants to get to the action. He wants to mess around and not pay any attention to the plot. And it's easy to think that these kinds of Players don't care about story, except they do. So you have to build games where somebody who only wants a surface level story can look at it and go, okay, I understand the narrative. I am going to blow shit up. The second type of player, I think, is the one that most of us who like reading fall into. We want to do the action bits. We want to push the game along. But we're interested in the story. We're not necessarily interested in the nitty gritty, like why one faction dislikes another. But we want to know that there are two factions who hate each other. And the last category of players, I think, is very easily described by, let's say, Bloodborne's um, fan base, where you have people looking at one or two lines from a piece of armor, and then you go to the subreddit, and it's 600 pages of people arguing how those two lines correlate to a thing that is saw five seconds ago before a certain boss. And because and all of these three types of players need to be catered for in every game, because if you don't, one of them will complain and there will be a problem with a capital P. <laughs> yeah. Well, and... I also think it's important um, just to think about when you're crafting your tools. Um, so like uh, whether it's for computer games or for uh, especially for tabletop role-playing games, um, making the tools simpler makes it easier for players to come up with cool ideas using them. It's often really tempted, tempting for you as the game designer to build out these big Byzantine systems, um, but it can also be just as much fun um, to just create something simple and allow the players to figure out all the different ways that they can uh, use that to tell different stories. Yeah, so, I mean, we've been talking a lot about uh, rules, like core game mechanics, but a lot of the time when you are writing an adventure or a uh, in a campaign supplement, you get to add new rules to it. And I, and I recently had the chance to run a group through um, a Pathfinder campaign that starts with a circus and it was really fun because at the beginning they just present these are the rules of the circus you have whatever other adventures you get into as well but you still have to have this circus and then you know as you travel around from town to town you need to be as entertaining as possible because that's how you support yourselves and it just presented some very simple rules for how to measure the entertainment value of your circus And then the players just have this sandbox to run around in and say, oh, well, based on how these mechanics work, I can come up with a new act or we can get a new animal or we can do something exciting that way. And it was a lot of fun. In the uh, Gods of Veyron typecast RPG campaign, I think it was late 
2019 when one of the game mechanics we adopted was, okay, if combat isn't over in three rounds, we've done something wrong. Mm. And that's, that's you, Dan, you reminded me of that with the whole, you know, the circus has to be entertaining. Um, we have an audience here and we are principally storytellers. And if we are grinding around the table, rolling dice for an hour in order to resolve something that's really only about 45 seconds of story, we've failed our audience. And so Dan had to create behind the curtain game mechanics and level balancing that ensured that these encounters would go quickly. Well, and that's, you know, that raises the point that it's important to think about the cool factor when you're introducing a new item or a new ability or something. What's going to make it fun at the table? You know, a plus one bonus to hit is like maybe useful and maybe a certain type of player is excited about that, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel like anything in the story. Whereas something like, uh, you know, in the Starfinder campaign I'm running, we decided that for all sonic weapons, you have to choose what song you're blasting people with. So you're shooting them with the dubstep cannon or total eclipse <laughs> of the heart or whatever. Um, and suddenly that turns combat into sort of a, an improv comedy routine, right? And so giving people that option. We, we uh, years ago at the first writing retreat, uh, writing excuses retreat, which was at my parents' house, we came up with croquet LARP as uh, a game, and uh, and and you, it was this giant two giant teams of croquet players. You could multi-class uh, by switching uh, the the head on your mallet with the um, with the the handle on your mallet. Uh, each color represented a different class, but in order to activate the the power that came with whatever class you had, uh, whether it was like wizard um, could teleport, thieves could sneak through barriers. Uh, you had to shout your power word or something like that. And so like my dad, who was playing with us, um, every time he, and, and for people who have not met my dad, he looks like Doc Brown, but Southern. <laughs> and he was playing a wizard. And so anytime he needed to teleport, he would point a finger up in the air and go, Gadzooks! <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was that, that little, that little bit of fun added to it. It wasn't just, oh, you get to do this thing. It's that you had to do something fun and silly and you, everybody got to pick their own power word. Like someone else was like, ooga. <laughs> Now, speaking of which, I do need to point out, since we talked about different types of players, we all learned, uh, I think even Mary Robinette was surprised at this, that uh, her father was totally the power gamer, rule breaker type. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, in ways we did not expect, and it destroyed the game, and, and it was delightful, but... He, he was, uh, he, he's basically 12, or 8. <laughs> But I think uh, all of this kind of points out that there is so much importance in keeping the rules and mechanics incredibly simple and incredibly elegant. Because if you have something that is unnecessarily complex, you can't really have opportunities like this. People spend too much time learning about rules as opposed to having fun, which I guess, depending on the setting, is not terrible. But there is a place and time for everything. What do you think, James? 
Yeah, um, I agree completely, but I, you know, I'm sort of like a rules light guy by nature. Um, but I also think it's important coming from a game like Pathfinder and Starfinder, where uh, those are very quote unquote crunchy games where there's a lot of rules and a lot of carefully balanced mechanics. So if somebody's listening to this and going, yeah, but how do I write for those? Um, I think one of the easiest things you can do is when you're creating new rules, you can balance them by anchoring them to elements already in the game. So if you know that a level two gun does 2d6 damage and costs 50 credits, then you know that, you know, a different level two item that you come up with is probably somewhere in that ballpark, probably does about that much damage, etc. Um, and you can also create new items or new abilities by sort of looking at the rules, learning them really well, and then saying, what are the holes here? Not necessarily intentional ones, like the fighter doesn't have magic, like that's an intentional hole, but... You know, if there's a fire wizard ability and an ice wizard ability, you can, and maybe you say, well, what about an acid wizard or an electricity wizard? That kind of thing. Um, finding thematic or mechanical holes in a given rule set can allow you to create new things that players will be excited about. Um, and uh, we should probably wrap it up there since we're a little bit over time. Um, and your homework this week is to do exactly that. Um, pick a game you're familiar with and design three new rules elements for it. So that could be new cards for Magic the Gathering, new feats or character abilities for a tabletop role-playing game, even like a new power-up for Super Mario. Um, and try to think through all the ways that your ideas could be fun and then try to think of all the ways that a player could use them to totally break the game. Awesome. That sounds like great homework. I look forward to crazy new rules being de devised. This is Writing Excuses. You are out of excuses. Now go write. This has been Writing Excuses. Your hosts for this episode were Cassandra Haw, Mary Robinette Kowal, James L. Sutter, Howard Taylor, and Dan Wells. The episode was engineered by Marshall Carr Jr., mastered by Alex Jackson, and brought to you by our supporters at patreon.com slash writing excuses. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.